people p fee how you feeling today you know i thought i thought about this today i I thought karika is going to ask me how i'm feeling today and i'm going to have an answer i'm with that i feel capable Ooh, i like that oh that's oh today is on fire that's the one i picked man i feel capable today thank you for asking yes how are you feeling i am feeling a deep sense of admiration Mm -hmm. for yeah just some the people in my life, it includes you and some other creatives, some other writers. I'm just really inspired by the great writers right now. Yes. Thank that. you all for tuning in to another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia. And most importantly, you, the listener on the Black Love Podcast Network. Hey. Let's go, y'all. Yeah. We back, baby. Yes. It just feels <laughs> good to be present and having made impact around the world, following up on some of the the powerful relationships that Angel Parenthood has uh, brought us into. I met yes. some really amazing people who are living their experience so differently than anybody could have ever imagined. And mm-hmm. I'm just grateful for that. Man, incredibly grateful. So grateful, I want to say, for Shigany. I'm with that. <laughs> okay. So I have an affirmation that I picked. I love it. From my book. Mm-hmm. That I feel really centers in on the affirmation that I needed on our trip. Uh And it's on page 68 and it reads, I make peace with the grief and honor the love. Mm. I make peace with the grief and honor the love. Wow. I make peace with the grief and honor the love. Honor the love. I know there are many different paths here, but I find that. When I make peace with circumstances that are outside of my control in general, it brings me in a closer proximity to the presence of love. Mm. And that's just generally when I make peace with circumstances I can't control. Mm-hmm. It allows me to find the abundance that is love. Mm. So thank wow. you for that affirmation, Fee. Thank you. And thank you for bringing us all in mm. into the ways that we can do that. Mm. This particular affirmation obviously is one that is centered in on the grief of Kamayu mm-hmm. and the time that it took to realize that what I was experiencing was love mm-hmm. and being okay with it. But I love how you are able to highlight in more ways than that mm-hmm. how we can be centered in for us and finding the love. Though it isn't always easy. It's not. Right. Because I have also made the choice not to make peace with something. Hmm. I didn't find that the circumstances or the people were trying to make peace with me. And I wasn't interested in being a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just explored my feelings, mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. The ones that didn't feel so good, the ones that were angry. I just explored them. Mm-hmm. Had to come to know them rather than to evade them mm-hmm. by choosing to feel better. And I would also argue, you know, sometimes those feelings, though not necessarily like the favorite, mm-hmm. they are still evidence of the love. True that. So we have Kamali at the table. I don't know if you heard any knocking or maybe even a little gag. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kamali. You're okay, babe? Here. I I think 
I think that means stop speaking on my name. Right. That's I how it think, felt. Yeah, that, that felt personal. Like, yeah, stop speaking on me. Uh, but we brought her to our table and she's having her, her afternoon snacks. <laughs> which, is a, which is really important, I guess, to also note how we come to the space. Both Kamayu and Kamali bring us to this space. And I guess it's, it interests me so deeply because when we think about angel parenthood as a construct or as an experience... Mm-hmm the conversation doesn't always get to the next child because angel parenthood can be an undefined length of time for some people, right? It's obviously forever, but if they don't experience another birth, it's really this time warps. You're kind mm-hmm. of there for a long time. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I got some experience around the spectrum of, you know, raising your children after loss. And I learned a lot. Mm. I learned a whole lot. I learned just the duration of time you still carry your angel baby, the way they impact your work, your identity, mm-hmm. the way you show up in the world. I guess more specifically, I'm speaking about our time in Virginia Beach. Um, yes. Yes. What a sweet time. So Felicia Kamali and I, and in the frequency of love that is Kamayu, were invited down to Virginia Beach to attend the Angel Ball mm-hmm. put on by Kennedy's Angel Gown. Yeah. So Kennedy's Angel Gown is... An organization founded by a couple, Dimitri and Heather, and they're in Virginia Beach. And at this point, maybe some 13 years ago, they experienced the double transition of their angel baby, Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I have a really important tidbit around the timeline of this next fact. But following the birth of Kennedy, the double transition of Kennedy, the couple began to produce burial gowns and garments for children who double transition. And unique thing about that is they're of all spectrums and sizes. Mm-hmm. So it can be really hard to find something to fit your baby. And it can be even more difficult to go to the store and find something to fit your baby. So this couple produces burial yeah. gowns and garments mm-hmm. for babies. Mm-hmm. Now, it's also important to know this. In my mind, the way it worked was that Kennedy's angel gown, because of the story of origin was founded shortly after Kennedy's birth. Mm-hmm. But what I'm learning and what I learned is that it took some time for this organization to become. It yeah. wasn't immediate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my first learnings because Felicia and I are so early in the angel parenthood experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel like in order to honor my child, I have to do this, that, this, or this. And it's challenging to do all those things and be present. Mm-hmm. And I learned that Kennedy's angel gowns actually took place some time after Kennedy was born. That really helped me. That yeah. really helped me see see the experience. Yeah. What I love, too, about the time between experiencing the double transition of Kennedy and launching Kennedy's angel gowns is how they noted that they took time, mm-hmm. that they needed that time mm-hmm. and being OK with that time. And I, I can recall in my own journey, uh, how nuanced that can feel, especially when measured up with what time is looking like around you. But encouraged to know that, hey, if they took the time like this, wow, like what will come for us if we continue to take Mm -hmm. the time and honor that time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was so beautiful. But we had a wonderful time being the guest speakers for their angel ball. Yes. And... It was even, it was just so beautiful. Like, I want to make sure that 
as we recall this that I'm telling it in the right sequence of events. Um, so make make some room for me as I oh, tell her how you feel, baby. Tell <laughs> as her how I you try feel. to do that, <laughs> man. Uh, well, we spent our time, as you all know, we were in D.C. Mm-hmm. And following D.C., we drove to Virginia Beach in preparation for the event. Kariga made room for me to have some time to myself and it allowed me to do some deep reflection on how I was feeling about being at this event. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do that in written form. And I'm really grateful I was able to do that in written form because as time took us, we were kind of running very, very close to when we were supposed to be speaking and our arrival. And as we were on our way, it was a storm. It's just like a little bit of traffic, but sure enough, we make it. If you're not familiar with the 757, when we say there's a storm, we mean that literally. And I think this is where all the scriptures and all the songs were written about the storm is over now. Because these storms in Virginia, they come uh-uh. really intense for about like 35 minutes. It's like torrential rain. And then there isn't any. Okay, so we... The storm passes, okay? <laughs> except that... Our job was to drive in the storm. But by the time we got there, the storm was passed and we didn't have to really like unload in the rain. I want to make note of that because all those things affect your emotions and your ability to be present and what you think the experience is going to be like. Yes. And the experience was nothing like the storm we drove through. Hmm. So when we arrived, Karika's like, go straight in. Right. He gets Kamali. I go straight in. I'm greeted by by the greeter who's like, you're the speaker. And I was like, yeah, he's like. They're waiting for you now. <laughs> so, okay, got to get the elevator, go up, go to where the hall is holding the event. And the Nautilus. As Right, which was super dope. As I'm walking down the steps, Heather sees me and is like, and here's our guest speaker now. Kariga's not even with me yet. And I'm like, oh man, here we go. And I'm giving them hugs. I'm so happy to see them. This is our first time meeting in person. And she literally like, okay, and I'll pass you the mic. Now, if you know anything about Kariga and I in public speaking spaces, Kariga holds the space. He does it so well. He has just such a strong ability to synthesize and process and express his feelings. And and I'm so glad it wasn't my turn. <laughs> and I'm so glad he made room for me to process. I was able to pull out my book and I was able to share what my experience was being in that space that evening. And as I'm going through my thoughts, Kariga walks in. He's got Kamali. And can I just take a second to acknowledge <laughs> how beautiful it felt for me to walk into a room that was captivated by Felicia's voice and story, a voice and a story that I've long admired. I know how powerful of a writer she is. And I know that when she takes time to process her feelings, we all get to learn. So imagine me walking in with Kamali to find Felicia already at the podium addressing the audience and how good it felt for me to hear the presence of her voice, the tone of her voice. The story of reference, watching her just thank you. Yeah, just open up about her experience in her voice. It was really important for me and really powerful. Thank you. And it was such an honor to be able to do that because in my reflection I was able to realize and I, I said this, I actually thought of Maharo. Mm-hmm. And in the way that Maharo introduced Delisa and I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so here I am in this space and I'm meeting all of these other parents, angel parents. And how dope it was for Kamayu to introduce me to all of them. Yeah. Yes. And their babies the same. Yeah. 
I guess in my first experience, it was my first time seeing a room that had both joy and pain and and remembrance and presence. All of these families mm-hmm. who experienced angel fa- angel parenthood, and I mean so many people. Yeah. And it was like nobody was invisible. Nobody was forced to share. You could just see the joy and the experience. Mm-hmm. I met people who are 15 years into the journey, 13 years into the journey, and they still come to this space to honor their child. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it, okay? And it was fun. And it was okay? fun. And it was fun. Now, this has never been something I've used to describe my feelings around angel parenthood. So I want to make mention of that for the first time. Mm. That there was a phenomenon that occurred where we celebrated our babies and the journey Mm. and the strength and the resilience and just the invitation to be present that day. It's so easy to want to not be present, but it doesn't change the fact that you need to be present. Mm. Mm -hmm. So Kennedy's angel gown created the conditions for folks to be present in multiple ways. I also experienced couples who articulated to me that this experience helped them on their grief journey, Mm. that now they could begin to grieve. There was a man who I see as an extension of myself and so many other brothers I know. He looked like me. He looked like my brothers. You know, we just had a lot in common. And his wife spoke to me. He spoke to me first and just thanked me for what I offered. His wife later came Mm -hmm. to purchase a copy of your book and was telling me about their journey and told me that this night has helped them on their grief journey. And I thought that was so profound. Yeah. That in all the ways... Families have to experience this in all the ways that black men have to make themselves emotionally available. Mm-hmm. Here's a date that they can identify that they can begin to lean into the love. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel so, I feel like I had great utility. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was being used in the highest capacity around angel parenthood and the journey for fathers. Wow. It was the first time I got to speak about my experience to a public audience as a man, what I was going through. Mm-hmm. It was my first time saying those things, and it felt so good to say. It was a room that had prior knowledge, yeah, so I could yeah. actually speak openly. Yep, I get that. And Kamali was so kind as a participant of the family, she slept through the talk. Okay, <laughs> she slept through the whole talk, but I think that was so helpful for Felicia and I because Kamali is more verbal and more mobile and can express her needs. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how many people are in those room, in that room. Insofar as her mother and her father are visible, I need to talk to them, right? That's like this, she speaks. I need to talk to your manager. And uh, <laughs> so, that's exactly how she acted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But her rest gave her the opportunity to be the life of the party, y'all. Oh yeah. Oh, when it was time to party, Kamali made her entrance. I'm ready to make an entrance. So back on up. Yeah, that's, that's how I felt, right? And. I think now that I'm articulating this for the first time, I think not only was she joy and just obviously tons of fun, but for every family who's experienced birth after loss, she represented those early feelings and experiences and emotions. Mm -hmm. She was like a a beacon of hope walking through that ballroom. Mm. And it was the first time I'd really felt comfortable letting other people near her. Right. Like, I get it. I get it. She one. She's so darn cute. But <clears throat> truly, if you rep, if you understand the energy she holds, it's sacred. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're a family who's experienced loss, Kamali is certainly a beacon of hope. So she made her way around the room mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with us and sometimes even a few steps ahead of us without us. Mm-hmm. She did. Okay. She went through that whole museum. Something else I want to make note of after you and I both took our time in addressing the audience, we were surprised to receive an award mm-hmm. from Kennedy's Angel Gowns. And I feel like this is of such high honor, like the highest honor I could ever ask for to be recognized by the lost community as angel parents, as Kamayu's parents. And and the name of the award is actually called Angel on Earth. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea that we were going to be honored for the work that we have done as Kamayu's parents. And there is no greater honor for me than to stand up there and be her mom and everyone know that I am her mom and Kamali's mom. So I, I shed a thug tear. Uh, yeah. When they gave it to me. <laughs> Hell yeah. 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 Not knowing anything about the honor that was going to be bestowed on us. But also, it's like, what is, when I do this work of advocacy around angel parenthood, around loss, around wellness, mm-hmm. around angel parenthood, around loss, around wellness, it's never about, I mean, you want to make visibility in our community. You want to make our stories a little less silent. But I literally was doing what I needed to do to be well. Yeah. It was never about a pursuit of a larger visibility. It was the burning desire to talk about my baby, to say her name, to honor her, to honor her humanity, to honor her spirit. She came. I saw her. I felt her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was just a burning desire to be well. And it's created quite a ripple in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And to know that other parents are experiencing language and accessibility and time and resources from our journey, from our community, from our black love family. Mm-hmm. So like even coming to the podcast is a very unique place to talk about it because this is part of the work. Yeah. And you might've heard me say this before. I'll say it again. It's so important to tell your story for yourself, but not always by yourself. Mm. Yes. Tell your story, but the work that, the Black Love Network, our family there, Tommy and Cody, Crystal, you know, the list goes on and on. But the work they invested in making these types of families more visible, making these types of love stories more known, has done wonders. And we may never hear the end of what type of impact this work is having. But I just want to say on air, for reference, that families are being touched far and wide, mm-hmm. globally. Mm-hmm. It's so much bigger than analytics. It's so much bigger than numbers. This is life impact. And I guess because we haven't been to that part of the world in a while, I was just under familiar. How many folks are one, experiencing angel parenthood in their own ways, but two, find agency in the resources that have been made available from our family and the Black Love Network. Agency, real impact. That was profound to me. I spoke to... What was really unique is a pastor. I guess it may not be too unique, but it was unique for me. I understand that my faith is a a large part of my story, but it isn't because it was easy to choose. It's because of the battles I've been in before. And when I spoke openly about my experiences and about my faith, I received an invitation to speak at a church. (laughs) And that floored me. I didn't respond right away. I just kind of sat for a while. A large part of my faith work 
I started in the 757, right, when I was an undergraduate student. Mm. Just making room for it. So to come and share openly and honestly and quite frankly, very non-religiously, that was the part that surprised me. I spoke about my faith, but it was not a religious presentation. My battles are a little bit too descriptive for the way that I've experienced religion. But it was so comforting to receive this invitation to share more. And in addition to the angel parents that were there, what was really important to me, aside from the work we did in angel parent visibility and making room for our stories, my affinity and my experiences are also going to be very closely associated with the black male lived experience and the way we experience trauma mm. and loss. Mm-hmm. And Dimitri, the angel father of Kennedy, also has an older son named Dimitri, who I just had an affinity to immediately. Young man, maybe about 26. And he came to me and said, you know, I can tell two things when somebody's really, really, really fake or really, really, really real. And he hugged me and embraced me. Wow. And I it was so it was so important for me because my story cannot only be defined as Kamayu's father. As it pertains to loss, I have to be Kareem's brother. It's a it's a it's a composite of experiences that frame my reality. So when I'm speaking about wellness, I'm not just speaking about it for angel parents. Mm-hmm. I want all my brothers to be well. I want all my people to be well. I want black families to be well. But for the brothers who aren't as privileged to belong to a a lost community, yeah. a grief group. I want them to feel visible and included anywhere I'm at. So for that to also happen in Virginia Beach, hey, man. while That's doing tight. the work as Kamayu's father was really important to me. Yes, Because we can learn this in the entire grief experience. It's all connected. The deeper empathy we can have for one another, the better understanding we can have about grief, the better literacy we can have, is the more I believe our humanity can be restored and why the losses impact us the way we do. And there ain't enough tattoo tears. There ain't enough liquor bottles. There's not enough for the memorials of the lives of black men that we've lost, black women that we've lost. And we have a whole generation who is living this trauma with no real tools on talking about it. And we're seeing the material effect on that concerning suicide, concerning mental health crisis, concerning escapism. So I can't separate my work in grief around being an angel parent from my work in grief around gun violence and eruption. The most truest version of me, those two things are connected. So to show up in that room and to be seen as both was really profound for me. I love that. I love that so much. I had no clue that it, you had that interaction. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I heard you mention uh, Kareem mm-hmm. and I heard you lend into your processing and how you understand grief. And I just want to say how important that work is and how courageous it is too to tell those stories because they so quickly are invisibilized. Mm-hmm. So how you continue to honor Kareem. Absolutely. And Kamayu. I'm so encouraged by that. And I admire you for always telling that story. Always holding that. Thank you. It's all connected. And it's and when we say always telling that story it is the courage to know where it fits in the room because it's never the same, mm-hmm. right? It's not a script. No. It's courage. Here's the fullest part of my identity. Yep. I could present full, complete, but I'd much rather let you know about my whole self. And I think it's in our whole selves that gives other permission, other people permission to be their whole self. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the only way to be well is when we present our whole self. That's why that room felt so good, because mm-hmm. I felt like we were all able to be our whole selves without any backstory. It was all understood. Yeah. 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 And we had a good time. I just want to, Kariga briefly mentioned how much we partied because Kamali partied, but we really did party. We had a great time. <laughs> the DJ, uh, the intergenerational party. Yeah. The music, the food. Yeah. And then even the time that we were able to spend with Heather and Dimitri the next day at brunch. And this was actually my first time seeing the gowns. Yeah. So they had mentioned to us these gowns, right? And we talked about it before. These gowns are actually made from wedding gowns. Yeah, repurposed wedding gowns. And But to see them in person. It brought a whole oh my level, gosh, level of reality just to the dimension. So beautiful. So they offer these angel burial kits and inside the kit you will find the gown for your son or your daughter or even if you've had a miscarriage and on each there is this sequin and um just this beautiful detailing with pearls and white stitching um there are even some that have vests on them with little buttons and bow ties Mm -hmm. and this one is so beautiful because of the detail and the beadwork for a, a large, a bigger says, baby. Wow. wow, right, a bigger baby. I thought it was so beautiful how they have the offerings for those who have had miscarriages, miscarriages. or experienced like preterm labor. And they're all in different sizes, but each of them have this beautiful stitching and beadwork, and you're able to wrap them and, and tie them in beautiful bows. And I just think, man, how yeah. intentional this is and how necessary this is for someone who's experiencing loss when you're actually prepping for birth and looking for something to that really like represents the love that you have for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like you go and you shop for yourself with great intention you do the same for your children but when you experience a loss like this like there's no for me no clarity of of, of thinking like how do i even want to send her off I just know that I got to do it right. But yeah. what out there exists that accurately represents what holds the love? Yeah, what, holds what holds that the love? love, man? Right, not something that came off of a a mass production line. That's it doesn't what I'm feel. Saying. It doesn't have feel. Mm-mm. This is your baby you're talking about, and I and I love the inclusiveness of the full parenting spectrum. Yeah, because miscarriage is such a part of so many families' story, and you experience those feelings that angst in your next pregnancy mm-hmm. right? you want to make them as separate as you can but your past experiences do inform along the way and it can be so challenging mm-hmm. so challenging to hold all those feelings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with the pregnancy and the loss so i love the way they've included parents who are experiencing miscarriage yep. especially multiple miscarriage right parents who are experiencing the desire Mm-hmm. Um, to have children but are experiencing fertility issues like yeah these things show up yeah and they live in our bodies and they live in our homes and they live in our minds and they're not just part of our past mm-hmm. i love like on the inside of this box there are two quotes i want to read this one that i see and it says when a child is born it is the mother's instinct to protect the baby when a child dies it is the mother's instinct to protect the memory it's wow. so beautiful so you can even learn more about kennedy's angel gowns Uh, They have a website for resources and upcoming events that can help Mm -hmm. uh, anyone with their grief journey. 
Uh, they are located, like we said, in Virginia Beach, but it is kennedysangelgowns.org if you'd like to learn more or request a free burial kit. Angel. Kennedy's, then that's with an S. Yes, Kennedy's that's Angel with an Gowns. S. K-E-N-N-E-D-Y-S, angelgowns.org. Visit the organization. They're doing amazing work. And that's just the burial part. That's not even to talk about the work they're doing to provide cuddle cots for yeah, family to have those cooling units yeah. cooling units for families to have more time with their their loved ones after transition mm-hmm. um, i grew a great a great deal in this journey preparing and traveling learning how to travel as a family learning how to hold and lead my daughters let kamayu lead me in a way that was less restrictive and less fear mm-hmm. and it's being present it was a tremendous journey mm-hmm. and i never thought i would use the word fun mm. to describe any part of being Kamayu's father shortly after the baby shower, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have very much fun. Yeah. Not fun the way I have with Kamali. Not fun the way I have on walks. Not fun the way I have in tickles and laughters in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But Kennedy's angel gown was still able to create an environment where angel parents could have fun. And that cannot be understated. Yep. How much incredible, courageous work that takes in planning and organizing and sensitivity. So I'm excited to be partnering with them. I yeah. look forward to how our relationships will be tighter and yes. where things will go from here. Yes. And we thank you all for tuning into another episode of Soul Affirmations with Felicia and Kariga. With Kariga and Felicia and Kamali. And Kamali. <laughs> we send a special love to every listener, to every family who's identifying with these audiences, to every listener, to every family that's identifying with this subject matter. Mm-hmm. We thank our executive producers, Cody and Tommy Oliver. <laughs> we thank our producer, Crystal Hill, yes. and our wonderful editor, Masu McLemore. Mm-hmm. And Kamali says, until next time, from our family to yours, massive love. Massive love. Peace. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Her chances, she didn't take it. <laughs> Peace. Peace, y'all.